We try, most importantly, walking the walk as much as we can every single day. Building that community, being that beacon. That's where we focus the t-shirts, mainly act as a physical representation of the brand. We sell a lot of the fire retardant stickers on the back of the fire helmets. Everybody that rocks Brigands Co., we call them built to serve. They are born and built to serve others. That is the pearl of the entire company. Somebody taking that Brigands Co. Fairbairn Sykes dagger cross and throwing that on their fire helmet, running into a burning building and doing their job day in, day out, sweating when no one is looking. That is the true essence of the company. There is nothing more humbling. I've worked structure fires where I turn around and I shine my light. Inside there's embers falling and I see Brigands Co. daggers reflecting off of different department helmets. And it's the coolest thing ever. So that's one thing that we are really trying to, again, be that beacon of that integrity driven, high octane, highly motivated lifestyle. And it's so contagious. Is that much of a, is that, that's not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post 9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian. And that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 57 features brothers Connor and Dylan Curtis, along with their business partner, RJ Casey. All three are principals of Brigands Co., an apparel company turned consulting firm, which advises for tactics and safety on feature films and television series like Extraction and Jack Ryan. Their brand is rapidly expanding into direct support for the first responder community as well. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. All right. I've got three brigands. Welcome to Veteran Made. What's going on? Thanks, thanks for having us. us. Yeah, thanks Dude, a lot. Thanks for, uh, of course, my pleasure, my honor. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we've been chatting for a little while, trying to make this make this work. So I'm glad that we're finally here. I'm glad we got the time, I'm, and I'm glad we got everybody here. Um, for for those who who might not know know each of you individually, if you could just each kind of give us a, a bit of a primer on, on on who you are and where you served, um, and then we'll the bulk of the discussion will be about things that that we're doing post-service, but it's always good to have an anchor point uh, to start the conversation. So whoever wants to kick it off, go for it. Cool. Yeah, RJ. absolutely. RJ, you can kick it off, bud. Yeah, uh, I'm the oldest, so I probably have a little more military history. And actually, I'm still a traditional reservist with the 308th Rescue Squadron here at Patrick Space Force Base, which is real. Uh, it's, it's still weird to say instead of Air Force Base, but um, it's a pararescue squadron. We're having a blast. Uh, I'm on my lunch break now and uh, really great squadron does a lot of work with NASA. We deploy on a regular schedule and um, we operate in, you know, hurricanes. Florida has a lot of natural disasters, you know, so from Florida to Texas, we respond to those. And uh, it's just really feel lucky to be here. Uh, prior to that, I was in uh, I was up in New York with that PJ team. Uh, amazing team. It was out on Strong Island, New York. So uh, we had a blast out there, a very tactical team. And then prior to that, I was uh, in 19 Special Forces Group for over a decade uh, with a couple of different positions on ODAs. Awesome. Nice, I'll go next. I'm Connor Curtis, uh, originally born in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, 18 years old, left 1st Ranger Battalion, did a four-year stint, first bat. Um, after that, moved down to Florida. I had been surfing here towards the end of my uh, military enlistment. Someone told me about New Smyrna Beach, and uh, once I started visiting, it was game over. So I moved down here, 
a uh, few years of college, got the associates done while I was going through EMT and just kind of getting my, my feet wet. Uh, went to LEO school, then got sent through fire school, got picked up at a triple cert agency uh, doing the fire police and EMT thing. Uh, did that for just under a year, found out the cop thing was just not for me. Went full-time fire. Now I've been at DeLand Fire for just under four years. Uh, I ETS at a regiment, just to go back a little bit, in about mid-2015. Um, I It took me a few years to get back in, so I've been in the Guard now for just under three years. Um, I just uh, did a tryout a few months ago. I'm now uh, a sniper team leader in a uh, recce position in the National Guard. We just got back from a, a year-long rotation overseas. So it's good to be back on been back for maybe five, six months now, just trying to get, get used to everything civilian side again. So yeah, that's where we're at now. Uh, little brother, uh, Dylan Curtis. I, uh, very similar to where my brother, uh, kind of just touched on out of high school, went into the army, uh, first Ranger battalion. Uh, we were actually both in uh, Delta company when it was still a, still a line company out at one seven five. Um, different platoons, same company. So we worked pretty closely. Uh, and that was, that was awesome. And then separated from first Ranger battalion in late 2016. Um, I had been coming down to new Smyrna since Connor got out a year before I did, we were coming down here to surf on four day weekends and stuff. And, uh, kind of did the same thing, went straight, used, used my GI bill, uh, knocked out EMT school. It was a really good transition out of first Ranger battalion. Um, went to fire school, got the associate's degree, Kind of got back into the civilian world and then uh, got picked up as a fireman uh, a little under four years ago here in New Smyrna Beach and been loving it ever since. So that's that's kind of where we're at. We met RJ along the way a few years back and friends turned into business, turned into whatever the heck Briggins is now. So it's been a ride. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into uh, to whatever the heck it is for sure. I'm excited to, to hear about what you guys have got going on and what's coming up. Um, I love the Central Florida and Space Coast connection. I actually, uh, when I got out of the military, I went to uh, Ohio State for a year in Columbus where my family was living and where I went to high school. And then I transferred down to Full Sail University in Orlando and, and lived out off of 50, uh, right on the edge of Orlando. And uh, my roommate is from New Smyrna Beach. So uh, we used to kind of go out there all the time. Uh, and then her, her family still lived out there. So I've done like Thanksgivings and Christmases and long weekend holidays and stuff out in that area. Uh, so a, a ton, a ton of... Um, a ton of experience uh, hitting those waves and, and hitting those beaches. And uh, so I, I love that additional connection that we have. And then the other thing I, I love that, that y'all are doing is that being in the guard and reserve and, and still, um, you know, working in, in, in fire and, and, and rescue and kind of balancing service and this, this business venture, I think is really important for, for people to hear about. I think one of the things on this podcast that I've learned is that there's a lot of folks that are working in, in those industries, military, law enforcement, you know, um, service type jobs there, you know, with, with civil organizations, like how can I do both? I have this other idea. I have this other thing that I want to do. I don't know how to balance them. I don't know how to integrate them. I really don't even know exactly, you know, what it is that I want to do, but I, I want to contribute in this new sort of digital economy and all these new, you know, opportunities on, on Instagram and, and all of that. So I, I'd love to, to, to kind of start the conversation with, with that, with, with how each of you balances you know, your, your time serving and, and then devoting the, the rest of your time to, to this venture. And then I think from there, we can probably kind of dovetail into the specifics of what the venture is. 
Cool. RJ, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely, definitely a balance. Uh, and some are better at it than others. I think Dylan, out of the three of us, is like far and away better than both of us put together. I think, Connor, I'd, you'd agree. I'd agree. But, um, yeah, sure. it's uh, when, we, when we can get together, we do. And we do incredible things from beach cleanup to, you know, uh, coming up with new design ideas and uh, new things that we can do as an element uh, and new projects to find jobs for different veterans and in different industries, actually. So it's, you know, everything from the space industry, which is just blowing up to the movie industry, which is uh, always strong and going, even with COVID, it was, it was pretty wild. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a balance for sure. Yeah. And I think a lot yeah, of, it, I, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Uh, I think so much no, of go, it, go for we, it, me and my brother are so similar since we are both career firemen and we both have the same schedule. We're on different shifts, but we work a three day rotator. So for us, it's 24, 24 hours at the firehouse and then 48 hours off. And then, you know, of course there's overtimes and, sh you know, shift swaps and stuff like that that can put you on a 48 or a 96 plus and you know you can live up at the station for a while if you want to but in the meantime um those two days off is a really good time for me to lock myself in the office and get on the computer and work on brigands co stuff and schedule podcasts and you know do some things like that where we can uh where we can use our time where we want you know the, the good thing about being a fireman is very much like like being in the military where you're always a fireman, even on your days off, you're working out, you're getting a gear workout when you're, you know, with, with the crew as you're coming off shift. And, you know, uh, tomorrow I'm going to go up there and get another gear workout, even though it's my day off. And it's kind of something you're always doing. But the beauty of having the the three day rotator is, you know, it does allot you that time to, to work on a business or to chase another dream. And then you have that you know, we've found that having that foundation of that service-based career is still, it fuels Brigands Co. itself. You know, we can sit here and, and talk and talk all day long, but every third day, you know, our butts are at the firehouse and, and we're, we're running calls no matter what. So, um, yeah, it, it, the schedule has a lot to do with it, but, um, you know, so much of it is just everything in our lives, Brigands, firehouse stuff, RJ in the, in the air force, Connor in the guard, it's all geared towards the same thing. So, uh, it, it does fuel each other's fires quite a bit, which is nice. Yeah. The, uh, if you, I think if you would have asked me this right before deployment, I would have acted like I had it more together, you know, I was like, yeah, it's easy, you know, just a few week, uh, days a month, you know, you got your AT and stuff and I was getting into a really good groove at Deland working, uh, but this last six months, it's been harder. That balance has been harder for me, you know, uh, we just moved into a new firehouse, so that's huge. They've been in there for just, actually just over a year now, but there's lots of growing pains in there, you know, figuring out just uh, day to day how we uh, survive and get things done in that department. But um, the coming back from, it was just a year, a year gone. You know, I had just gotten married. Um, I think I've been gone more than being home lately, but now that time is starting to kind of, put that deployment behind me and get back, back to feeling normal again and stuff. So it is hard, you know, it is hard, but it's nice having these two and, and other buddies and stuff in the fire department that are going through the same thing. You know, we all have uh, similarly the same problems, just different, different jobs and families and stuff like that. So it's definitely, uh, 
little bit difficult at times, but it's getting there, it's getting back to 100%. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think obviously a lot of folks can can relate to that coming back from, you know, from rotations. I think one of the cool things that I've kind of observed from afar, you know, through 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 IG and then through chatting to, to, to you guys um, offline and then and then consuming some other podcasts that you've been on, I think and we'll get into what Brigands Co. is. People that are listening that don't know are probably like, man, just can you just tell us what it is? Um, and I'm not trying to like be suspenseful, but it's like to this point, you guys have kind of have created this as you've as you've gone, right? Like you've like, okay, here's what we're interested in, here's what we're good at, here's where we're getting these opportunities. And, and RJ, I definitely want to chat, you know, all things production and stunt and and movies and and on set. I'm biased towards that. I'm a I'm a, a, a executive producer by trade. And so I don't want to hog the whole conversation and talk just about that. I want to make sure we get into it. But you guys have all have your lanes and all have the things that you're interested in. It all kind of feeds this this beast that that you're that you're building. And I think that's something that military veterans, military service members are able to do that maybe other members of the population aren't always able to do because we, we've always had to kind of balance these things and and be ready, you know, at a, at a moment's notice to, you know, whether we're on alert or whatever it might be. So could you, could you all talk a little bit about, about how you're building it as you go? And I think this can be a good, a good point to tell people what Brigands, Brigands Co. actually is. Yeah. So absolutely. I think as far as building it as we go, it's something that, you know, we didn't start off with this plan, but in order to go forward, we'll kind of bring it back a little bit. We, we started in 2015 I reluctantly say that in some way, because we did take a little hiatus there, which I'll get into. But, uh, you know, my brother had just separated um, from the from active duty. He's making his way down to New Smyrna. And we were, you know, playing in uh, bands in Savannah at 1st Ranger Battalion. So days we were kind of not in training cycle or, you know, anything like that. We were playing shows in downtown Savannah and house shows and stuff like that while we were active duty. And that kind of turned into... Um, just creating a, a really specific community around there. Some of them were veterans. Some of them were active duty with us. A lot of them were just civilians in Savannah. And um, that kind of eventually fueled into us starting new bands and all that stuff. And um, somewhere along the line, we started throwing around, uh, you know, making t-shirts with the word, with Brigands Co. on it. And, and Brigands was originally, you know, uh, well known in the Ranger Battalion from the General Creighton Abrams Charter, and uh, it wasn't really necessarily the the best terminology to call somebody. Uh, it, was a, it was a derogatory term, and you know we started making these T-shirts with the original, you know, throwing it back to the original uh, Ranger Diamond and and selling the Brigands Co. T-shirts for a twenty dollar bill to First Ranger Battalion guys, and you know we started selling T-shirts and it was almost almost we had no idea what we were doing is almost, I, I would short of saying it was a gimmick really. And, uh, it started taking off a little bit and we started getting a lot of feedback about people in other Ranger battalions and stuff like that, wanting to get a hold of them and took it to social media. Like a lot of people were doing in 2015, it was still a little earlier, but, um, yeah, started selling t-shirts, running them down to the post office and, and we got a pretty decent following and, um, people really liked the design and stuff like that. We didn't really know what we were going to do with it. I separated from the military the next year and we kind of sat back on it for a while and we didn't have any, uh, real passion to be the next t-shirt company. We wanted to do something a little bit more than that, even if it meant, 
hey, we'll keep ripping out T-shirts and just donate money to, to veteran organizations or something like that. Um, that was about as much as we originally had planned. Um, as we got down to, to New Smyrna, um, we had gained this small community over social media. And a lot of that turned into us sitting in college classrooms, realizing how much we took for granted that integrity driven lifestyle. Everybody is super motivated the second they wake up in the morning, ready to get after it, take on the day, the people at first Ranger battalion and, you know, sitting in a college classroom, that was a big empty hole in, in both of us, you know? Um, so we kind of realized, well, these people are out there. There's just around where we were at. It didn't seem like there was much of a beacon for it. Um, so me and my brother have always been kind of the people that will introduce two random people from different lifestyles and they'll be best friends by the end of the night after you're done hanging out with the Curtis brothers. So um, we kind of took that, applied that to our little town in New Smyrna while all this happening, meeting RJ and obviously, you know, becoming really good friends with RJ considering our backgrounds. And, you know, he came, he came to us with um, what he had been working on, on the film production side and, uh, and doing the stunt coordination and things like that of his career. And we decided to, you know, put those puzzle pieces together. And we felt like we have this, this community, this following, this, this message that we're pushing. And, you know, he, he kind of brought in a different, uh, opportunity to, to do something more than just selling t-shirts. So along the way, we've picked up some random, uh, some, some other ventures for sure, but that's, that's kind of the gist of how it all started. Yeah, I, I, I love, so, I mean, it's obviously a joke, right? It's like the last thing our community needs is another coffee company or another t-shirt company. So it, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, funny and, and, and could be a cynical way to look at it. But do you think what's really smart about the way that you were thinking about it is you knew what you didn't want to do and you let that provide rather than a full framework, you did at least let it provide kind of a starting place. Like, okay, we know we don't want to just be t-shirts. And then we also know that we have these ethics and this integrity and this way of life that, that we're, we see there's a dearth of outside of the community that we come from. So how do we use the t-shirts to, you know, kind of create this, this community and bring people together. I think a lot of times military veterans, uh, people in general, but specifically veterans think it's so overwhelming. I need to have a business plan. I need to know what my five-year plan is. I need to know what this is going to look like in 10 years. And if I'm not working towards that every single day in this very rigid way on this very straight line, then I'm not ever going to get there. And so then I shouldn't even start. But really what we've learned now is that like, well, you just start with something, tinker with it, move forward with it. And then you'll meet other people or other opportunities might present themselves. Right. Yeah. Actually, the, uh, oh, when, go ahead, when these guys, when these guys came to me and I was like, Hey, what is this? You know, they were like, Hey, there's meaning behind this t-shirt. I was like, okay, what, what is that? And when they started talking about service before self and Hey, if you're wearing this shirt, you better come to correct. You better come correct to work. Uh, you better be the hardest working guy in the room doing the best that you can all the time, be better than yesterday. And all these things that I think resonate with a lot of us, and it certainly did with me. And that's basically what attracted me to the whole idea of Brigands Go. I was like, man, you know, we can do consulting. We can bring this integrity vibe into a lot of different spaces, uh, from SpaceX to movies to anything we get involved in, really. Um, some of the nonprofits, you know, doing coral restoration and, and everything that we've actually looked at, it, 
definitely applies. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, I think the oh, go ahead, Dylan. Sorry, no, to add on top of what Dylan was saying, you know, uh, I think our roots come from a very good foundation, our mom and dad, right? That that was where I mean, I remember being young, my mom would ask us on the way to school at a young age, what does integrity mean? I had no idea at the time, you know, but uh, doing the right thing when no one's looking, whether that's whatever job you're doing, right? Whether you're picking up trash for a living or you're a teacher, a nurse or whatever, an athlete, as long as you're, if you're doing 150%, that's what makes the world go around, right? Long story short. But those from that foundation and to the punk rock music, surfing, skating as kids, that's kind of the, you know, growing up, that's not looked at as, oh, they're going to get good jobs someday or change the world. Well, that brigands code, that edge is kind of where, why can't we? You know, nowadays we were in 2015, I remember wearing what I wore Vans, you know, I'd, you know, slick the hair back, surfboard, skateboard, and everyone in the in battalion saying, oh, you guys going to catch some waves and stuff, you know? So we kind of were, there was only a handful of us that did that too. But what's funny now is in 2015, everyone kind of, you know, kind of poking fun at it. Now it's like, that's what everyone does, right? There are people are using quad nods, skateboarding down the street. It's like, okay, that's cool now. Okay, cool. But so that's where we, we really wanted to never forget those, uh, those roots of skating, surfing and punk music, you know? So, yeah, I, I think it almost began like w without us truly knowing it, cause it definitely wasn't cool. We were seen at, at you know, saying brigands we were kind of owning that we were a little bit of a counterculture because yeah yeah because i think even in even in high school i remember showing up my freshman year of high school and people being like oh you're one of those skater kids like you dork and like that was it was not cool it was not even when we were in ranger battalion oh you guys gonna go catch some tasty waves bro like we're gonna go drink downtown and, and it's like that's awesome that's cool but We'll it, meet you after. It, it was yeah. not, it was not the cool thing to do. And, you know, times have changed a little bit now, I think, but again, that is where it, it always started and ended with, we're going to do what we want to do, what we think is cool. And if people like it, that's awesome, but we know what's going on up here and, and we know what we're trying to push out there. And, and over the years, it's kind of, it's obviously caught some momentum and um, you know, and, and it's being translated, which is great. Yeah, and full circle to that is that all that doing what we kind of want to do that you really can't put a plan together for everything. We're just kind of <laughs> like, hey, this person wants to work on something. We really do our research, stand behind what, what they stand for and stuff. And then we try and put a plan there and go for it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, times change and trends change, but but those core values don't. Right. And it's, it, yes. it's funny to hear, you know, that within within the battalion there, there was kind of some some pushback on your approach and style, or at least some ribbing, right? But it's that approach, that style, that kind of vibe that brought the 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 credo to outside the battalion, right? That like you were the the kind of herald for that way of working, that way of operating, that way of living, even if it maybe came dressed up in something that that those dudes weren't weren't um, you know used to or approve of or whatever. I'm a California kid. I grew up in San Diego, you know. Nice. So like this this is like my, you know. I've, surf skate snow my whole life you know what i mean i've been playing water polo with 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 high school my stepdad was a water polo coach i've been playing high school water polo since i was like five just getting my ass kicked in the pool 
And so it's just like, I, I kind of, I come from that. So for me, it's funny to hear, you know, I, I did live in Ohio for a little bit when I was in high school. And so, yeah, you kind of bring the vans and you wear the Volcom and people are like, dude, what is that? It's like, yeah. dude, go to Pakistan at the mall. It's cool. It's not, you know, it's like whatever. But yeah. um, so what, what, what was the first, uh, what was the first, um, after the t-shirts, what was the first next step uh, in, in terms of branching out into kind of other industries, other verticals, other opportunities, the nonprofits and, and film production, all of that? I'd say, uh, I'd say really it was when, um, we took a little hiatus and what year was that? 2000? Yeah, it was right as I was separating out of the military. It was kind of one of those things where, um, I felt like I had a pretty tough transition getting out, um, at the very end there. And we were like, Hey, we're both in school full time using the GI bill. We're trying to figure out where our feet are going to land next, um, for, for that next goal, uh, here in, in Florida. And we said, man, we're we're still doing the t-shirt thing, but let's just draw it back. We'll hang out for a little while and, and get everything in a group, get things together. And then we'll come at this in a, in a much better way. And that's along that time is where we met RJ. And I think, um, that's what really ramped it back up again is we were sitting on this and admittedly a little trigger shy to get back into it. Cause again, it wasn't that we didn't want to sell t-shirts. It was, I don't have a true passion for clothing design. Like, I'm just not that guy. So I knew it wouldn't go far if I just kept printing t-shirts and there needed to be some, some power behind the t-shirts. Um, and yeah, when, when RJ came on, I think that 100% gave us a, you know, a, a rev in the engine and, and we started getting into some different stuff that we had never even really thought of before. Um, and that started with, Hey, let's get a, a legitimate website going. Let's get some uh, some distribution and figured out so we can be. We weren't giving people tracking numbers. We weren't giving people. You know, we were taking PayPal stuff. I was and skateboarding like two blocks down to the to the to the shop with a stack of t-shirts and like this. And that's when I lived beachside. I just sent it to him, and that was it. You know, and uh, but I think before RJ opens up, uh, we we met him. I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong. It was like the end of or winter time of 2016 or 17. 16. That's kind of when we, yeah, 16 is when we kind of took the hiatus. And uh, RJ was just stoked about the gear and what we kind of wanted to represent it and stuff. But he noticed that we were kind of we were all busy doing our stuff and trying to you know transition as well uh, from the military. And then RJ really didn't. He wasn't the guy to be like, hey, this is a great idea. Let's jump on it. It was like two. <laughs> two or three years after, you know, and then, um, yeah, after the, the funny night we met and then it was like three years after where, what I remember is RJ kind of proposing like, Hey, let's try and let's bring something together, get this, like, get this going, get this, uh, back on, you know, on the burner and start doing stuff with it. So Dylan and I were like, we either bring RJ on and we see where the hell this thing goes and give it a hundred percent, or we just we don't and we just sell what we have, you know, so we, we took them on. So RJ, if you want to go into how yeah, you feel I, it went. I, I, <laughs> actually, uh, it was pretty funny when I even thought about Briggins Co. Literally, I told these guys, Hey, when are you going to start printing shirts again? Like badass, I want one, you know, and I love what it stands for. I can't wait. And, uh, and then we started talking about, you know, entering a business. Cause I was like, Hey, do you guys have a business license? And, you know, bank accountants start talking about a company. And so we were all three sitting in the bank and I, 
I don't. I hope you guys don't mind, uh, you know, Dylan and Connor. But I'm going to give some credit to uh, Tom Hardy. He called me with one of his producing partners while we were in the bank, and he had a project called The Things They Carried, which is a pretty famous book in the U.S. Uh, in high schools, but it's specifically in the military because it follows a squad of infantrymen during Vietnam, and um, and it had been converted from a book to a script, and they were they were fully engaged in that project and they were going to make it. And they were like, Hey, this is what we think we need. And my wheels started spinning. Like literally I stepped outside of the bank while we were about to sit in front of somebody and open an account to take this call. And, uh, when he told me what he envisioned, I started mapping it out of my head and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to take these guys to Asia and we're going to do a full pre-production training. I'm going to need mentors for each of the, the movie stars in this squad, you know, that they're going to follow. And, uh, wow. Hey guys, you know, what if we do more than just t-shirts? What if we do consulting and like, there's a lot of things and they were both talking about paramedic and that goes to contracting and the space industry. And, and that's a really good way to get on movies too. The more skills you have and the more you can do for a production, you know, the more likely you're going to end up on those shows. So for a lot of reasons, I mean, in my mind, that's kind of what I remember, like literally, you know, Tom Hardy calling and I was like, boom, the light bulb went on and I was like, hey, what do you guys think? And they're like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> so, and then we just started from there. I think that was the genesis of, uh, hey, let's go beyond, you know, let's start you know, consulting. Let's find, you know, other veterans jobs. Like there's a lot of people out there hurting, like maybe we can do some good we know we want to give money back to nonprofits that help veterans and first responders. Like this seems like a good path. So we started down that road and here we are. So what did it look like with that as the springboard? Um, did that, I mean, I don't think that film has been made yet, so, but did you go, did you go ex start to execute any, any of that training on that particular film with that production team? Or did you then maybe take that template and work, work on some others? What was the, what was the next step after that? Yeah, actually, um, so we I went as far down the road as I could with that project. And then all of a sudden, they were like, hey, this project dropped. And that happens on movies like all the time until you're on set doing the deal or or in a pre-production, pre you know, training package, you know, until you're there, even if you've signed a contract that those could drop, you know, just like that funding got pulled, it's done, you know, until further notice. Uh, and that was, that was the case with this show. And, and he had a bunch of other shows going on and, you know, I got hit with a couple of like some, some TV shows and some other movies. So we didn't end up getting, uh, we didn't end up doing that particular, the things they carried project. Uh, I think all of us secretly hope it still goes at some point in the future, but yeah, but I, I actually, um, I think things happen for a reason and that gave us a lot of space to expand on where we were going to go with brigands go after that and you know with with dylan uh and you know dylan basically at the creative helm and and connor and i backing him up like it was it was pretty cool so it's it's been a wild ride and, and it feels like we're just getting started so yeah um count me in for for hoping that that film gets made or or, or series gets made that I don't know if y'all are familiar with Dead Reckoning Collective or, or PB Abate and, and the PB Abate, Trobis Abate in the book club. That is a that is a a book and an author that gets talked about a lot on on a lot of group chats that I'm on. And 
So uh, we're all we're all cheering for that one to get made. Uh, I think I think it'll yeah, be a good Brian's one. Brian's awesome. Uh, yeah, incredible. Um, so I think where I want to go here. So I'm on on the production side of things and on the pre-production side of things and and translating directly the skills that you have to training people who don't have experience with the military, with law enforcement or tactics or anything like that. What, what does that look like to put a training package together for a group of people that don't have that experience? And, and how similar is it and how different is it to, to, to operating uh, in the military? Uh, you know, honestly, uh, being on different projects and working with different countries uh, and the different skill sets that those come with, uh, it wasn't very different at all. Um, I think if you take a group of actors that don't have any experience and you put them on, you know, a, a weapons package and you get on a live fire range, you know, some people are like, oh my God, weren't you scared? Well, actually those guys, most actors that I've been involved with are incredibly intelligent, super intuitive. Um, it's not like, a private in the army where you have to tell them 10 times, you know, these guys are switched on. They can't wait to learn because at the end of the day, they have to look, you know, like the part they're playing. So they take on that mindset before you even get to them. And they're very serious about all the training that we do. Um, the other thing is, is if it, nobody, like if nobody has uh, any weapons training at all, well, guess what? They don't have any bad habits. They didn't grow up hunting where, you know, they may or may not have been taught by their drunk cousin, you know, how to squeeze a trigger, you know, that's really horrible, right? So these guys are, are clean slates and they pick up and absorb information and skills really quickly. So it's actually, I've had a blast uh, doing pre-production training and each, pre-production training package is very different because the budget's different. The show is different. Their parts are different. So it's, uh, it's very unique. Uh, and each actor comes with its own, you know, set of personalities, um, and the story and, and the set and the budgets are very different. So it's, uh, it's, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the work coming into it, a new space, new people, new story, new script. And, uh, you know, whatever budget they have, we make it work. So, yeah, uh, by any means necessary, right? I've been watching the um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, three part documentary. I'm not sure if, if any of you have watched that yet, but yeah. it's it's based on kind of three phases of his life. There's the bodybuilding, there's the acting, and then there's the the politics. Um, and for the acting portion of it, it just shows like all those films that, that we grew up watching. Right. And he's just like, you know, holding whatever it is like right down here and you, you see him and Stallone and all these different guys and gals using these, these weapons in very non-tactical, very non-realistic ways. And one of the things over the course of the last few years with Jack Ryan, which I know you've worked on and, and some other shows, this, this kind of new approach of, of showing these things as realistically as possible is something that people are starting to notice. Is that something that's an, an intention on, on your part? And if it is, like, what's the intention? Is it to, to, to kind of, does it make for a better product in your mind? And, and kind of what's that relationship been like with the stunt coordinators and the directors and the actors to make this kind of more realistic and more authentic to the actual experience? Yeah. Uh, Connor, Dylan, and I have talked about this a lot and, one of the goals that we bring to the movie industry, and I think a lot of guys now, you know, with with 20 years in combat, you know, after 9-11, basically, um, a lot of guys go into it thinking, okay, you know, this, the story is 
that these five guys are from, let's say, Delta Force. Okay, if if the guys from Delta Force are watching this movie and they're in the audience, are they going to be distracted by a finger on the trigger? Or, you know, are we going to make these guys look legit or we're not? And of course, the answer is yes. Like, that's the goal. I don't want anybody from a unit that a character's, you know, supposedly that's his backstory. I don't want guys from that unit to be distracted with things that just aren't realistic. Uh, I want him to be involved, you know, with the character development and the story and where it goes and the adventure of it. I don't want him to be like, oh my God, I would never do that. You know, I mean, boom, that pulls him right out of the theater. So it's, uh, you know, that's, I think the main goal of a lot of military advisors these days. The other thing I'd like to say is on a movie set and, and within a movie, it's not like you're giving away TTPs of specific units. We're doing very basic, very safe weapons handling, um, very basic tactics. And I, I kind of mentioned it or inferred it earlier, like when you're working with Indige downrange, you have to think about, you know, what are they going to do when they're the most tired, when they're the most smoked? And like, they're going to fall back on super basic things. So let's keep everything basic. Let's make sure they're amazing at all those basic things. So when you see anything happen on a film or a show that I'm involved with, it's it's nothing advanced. It's not it's not rocket science. You know, it's it's good, strong, basic, small unit tactics, um, and that's fit every scenario to this point so far. I think so much of it too is is whether you're coming from you know like you're you're that operator sitting in the movie theater watching it on the big screen I, I think also something that's so important to remember is people are are a lot more knowledgeable now even the layperson with social media and youtube video and games. all this stuff video games like if you go and you're letting little things fly like rj was saying finger on the trigger you're gonna have some firemen sitting in the recliner at 10 o'clock at night after running calls you know running his mouth saying, Oh, that Lord, are you kidding me? That's not, I hear it all the time. Trust me. And, uh, and these guys are not military guys, you know, not all of them at least. And, you know, they will call stuff out. So again, I think the standard of what is acceptable in the movie industry is so much different than it was, um, you know, when, when some of those other films you mentioned were being made, people, people do look at the little details. So it's good that you have guys over there, uh, you know, like RJ and some of the guys, Briggins has subbed over there uh, for sure. And at the end of the day, there's yeah, always going to be someone. There's going to be someone that has a problem with something. Yeah. So as long as as long as you're there doing your damnedest, like, what are you going to do? Sure. You well, know, at the end like, of the day, it comes down to the production. And, you know, not everything is money. Yeah. They're, they're the boss. Not everything is going to be the RJ Casey and the Briggins Co. show uh, over there for sure. So you work within your means and, you know, the, the, we, we let them take care of the finished product. Yeah, and it's fun to talk to actors about Brigands Go and Service Before Self and what that means to us, you know, because I get it all the time. Hey, where can I get one of those shirts? Oh, right here. But <laughs> hey, when you put the shirt on, this is what you're bringing to the table. Like, don't, don't buy one lightly. Like, really think about it before you buy it. And everyone, it's usually we're both chuckling because they're super serious about, you know, uh, like portraying their part well and a lot of movies, you know, whether it's got an agency backstory or a military backstory, like it's uh, everybody's fully engaged and everybody takes it very serious. 
So, but That's you, you know, a military advisor can't be on every set. You know, you have a main unit, a second unit, sometimes splinter unit. Like you can't be in three places at once um, unless you bring a really good team, which productions are starting to do. They're starting to hire a whole team to cover everything. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, I mean, Dylan, you'd mentioned, um, you know, Brigades Coast subbing guys on 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 different projects. And, and RJ, you talked about, I think, uh, on another podcast, I'd listened to you, you talked about using the opportunity to get to get other PJs or, or uh, other other veterans opportunities on um, on sets, because you you kind of recognized the the well rounded nature of of the work that, that you do. Can you talk a little bit about both on in production, you know, on on pictures, but as well as in other areas where you all are working to get veterans opportunities um, to work in the civilian space? Yeah, I think yeah, uh, um, I'll, I'll let RJ talk a little bit about the, as far as what, what we're doing with film uh, production stuff. But right now we're kind of at um, the incipient stage of a few new projects, uh, working on the advisory board at Winter Park High School uh, is one thing we're, we're doing recently. Uh, Retired First Sergeant uh, Tim Greer, shout out to him. He took a JROTC program um, and is turning it into getting high school students CPR certified and being CPR instructors at the high school level and wilderness survival, stop the bleed training, uh, drone qualifications, yeah, all, tons of stuff. all sorts of aviation qualifications, stuff like that. And and that's where that's something new for us that we're looking to. Um, you know, bring some, instead of just us three up there talking to students and, and putting on these classes is to say, you know, Hey, uh, RJ's out of town. Connor's out of town. Dylan's out of town. Let's bring, uh, this guy in and he's going to come teach a class with us. And this is, um, whether he's a Lieutenant at a fire department that has some really great first aid stuff to train on, or, you know, a, a PJ coming from the unit to talk a little bit about what they do. Um, we're always trying to look for opportunities to bring, uh, people that have been there, done that, um, get them in front of people. And, and to, again, like I was saying about something as simple as me and my brother bringing two friends together, it's kind of the same thing. We're just looking to network people, get people in the right direction. And, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes what's super valuable is being the catalyst to get these veterans into the right room. And sometimes that's a spark that they need to kind of take off in their own. And, you know, RJ, I'll let you talk a little bit about you know, getting some people on some movie sets and, and them taking that, you know, nugget and running with it. So. Yeah, actually for movies, um, each movie is different. So a, a crew I would bring on the things they carried would look very different than the crew I brought on to extraction Two with Chris Hemsworth and Netflix, um, very different, uh, goals and, and capabilities on those teams, but all veteran based. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting, but, uh, you know, to pick these guys and these teams carefully, just, you know, with, with the foundation of Briggins go, Hey, who's going to be the hardest working guy in the room who can have a conversation with basically anybody. And then who's going to bring the specific skill sets that we're going to need to execute this show. Uh, those are all questions I'll ask before I even, before the three of us sit down and decide, you know, who we're going to call. One of the things that I've experienced um, working on the, the agency of the um, advertising side of, of, of production is bringing military. And I, I was a flight line guy, right? So I loaded bombs and missiles on, on F-15s. And so I, I, I took that flight line framework from all of the different 
um, units that were that were working, whether it's you know crew chiefs and avionics troops, weapons troops, which I fell into, air to ground equipment, you know, engines, all these different people, and then there was a you know an expediter and a pro super, and 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 then the maintenance officer who was running all of that stuff. I kind of pulled back as I as I got into the advertising agency space and saw, okay, cool, this is you know account services, strategy, creative, production. It's just like crew chiefs, avionics, weapons, engines, you know, and then all you have to do is just make sure that the bird gets in the air and can drop can drop the munitions. So one of the things that I've that I've thought about and that I've talked a lot about with with my clients, they've, they've always said like, oh, it's really cool to have somebody who has these military frameworks, but isn't militaristic. Right. And isn't that like that that sort of, um, you know, stereotype that you that you might expect. And sometimes that's earned that stereotype is earned and, and other times it's not. But RJ, you just mentioned something really interesting, which is making sure that the people you put on jobs can talk to anybody. Can you talk about what it's like to kind of integrate into the civilian world as a member of the military with obviously that foundation of being the hardest worker in the room? How do you, how do you coach that? How do you coach the balance of, of, of making sure that, that you're bringing your skill set, but also being respectful and knowing the space that you're operating in isn't the space that you operate in, in the military? Yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I think all of us are going to compare and fall back on what we know. Um, and when you step onto a movie set or you get into a pre-production, into production, and then post, um, there's different departments and they all have different jobs. And so all the different teams to load that F-15 to make sure it takes off and does its job, you know, there's there's a lot of different teams that make a movie happen, you know, and, and to to match what was written in somebody's brain on down as a script to executing, you know, pre-production, production, and then now it's on the, the movie screen uh, and to execute that vision. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's getting your team in there, figuring out who's who in the zoo, just like you would on deployment, right? Uh, like as a PJ team going to, you know, Al-Assad, you got to figure out, okay, who's that group? Who's those personalities? You know, who's uh, who are the different task forces that we're probably going to be responding to? Who's in charge of that? How do we get into those rehearsals? Uh, and how are, how do we embed our PJs with them? So when we fly there as a personnel recovery force, we know everything's packaged, ready to go and expedited so we can get out of there quick and get them to a surgeon. I mean, I, I, I would directly translate what we do in the military to what you would do in production. And, and I guess that just makes it easier for my brain. Um, you know, everyone thinks through things and processes differently, but as a military person, especially, you know, in jobs like yours and, and special operations like the three of us, like to be able to think, to be a problem solver, think outside the box, be creative and, and things constantly changing from what was briefed, like that's our bread and butter. So uh, I think it's a good match. And, uh, I just, I feel very lucky to be able to, you know, bring veterans into different spaces. Like, you know, it's same with SpaceX. Like they have, they have curveballs right and left that nobody predicts. And, you know, you, you're, you're ready as you can be with all the capes you bring and to be able to recognize it quickly, adjust and attack. Like that's, that's, I think you could apply that to any industry. Dylan, I saw you nodding. I saw you nodding. Yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I think it, one, the correlation there is, is right on the money, obviously. I think that's what makes 
I, I think in the details and the nitty gritty of everything that we're doing, I think that's what, what makes it successful is that, you know, even somebody like Connor and I, who, who don't have that background as deep as RJ does, as far as the film production, we can be read on to a lot of that stuff because the analogy is so perfect. You know what I mean? And RJ, you know, the first, you know, the first project that, that we were involved with as Brigands Co, you know, we're, we're getting CC'd on emails and, and listening in on Zoom calls and, you know, getting it from RJ. And, and it makes a lot more sense than I thought it would. And it doesn't seem like such a tall order when you break it down into like our brains terms, like RJ was saying. And, and again, the importance of um, you want to have that military member or that veteran that uh, that does have the skills, but can use them, you know, in the right situation, because there are going to be producers and directors and and A-list actors and everybody under the sun um, on these movie sets. And, you know, it, it's very important that we use those people and, and we, we work alongside those people that uh, can wear multiple hats, hats and, and turn it on, you know, uh, to the right one day and to the left the other day, depending on, on what they need to be doing that day. So uh, again, su- super, super important and something that RJ and the three of us absolutely look for. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's easier for us to choose from individuals because of the community we both come from RJ, especially with the whole pararescue and stuff, uh, background recovery background. But, uh, I think it's easier too because there's a lot of like-minded individuals. The, the more you stray from that, I think Ranger Regiment, PJs, SF, they do such a good job of you might not like everyone every day, you know, but you're there for the same reason. To be a leader in those organizations, I feel it might be a little bit easier because everyone's coming to get after it. They're showing up to get after it. Yeah, they might have a bad day, but one of those guys' bad day or someone else's 150%. But when you get out in the civilian world and you start, right, it's harder and harder to find those groups. And that that's another just branch of what we're trying to do is just if someone feels alone, like there's no one else like me around here, well, come to the Briggins Company and see what, what you can offer, you know? Yeah, t- totally. I just thought of a pretty funny example. I have a three and a half year old daughter um, and she is a uh, she's an animal. I mean, she just like just go, go, go all the time. Super assertive, super aggressive, just so much fun. And I, my wife and I always say, and, and I, I said this one time and we've kind of stuck with it. It's like, especially with a little girl, I want to calibrate down from that than to try to build up confidence into assertiveness. Cause that's just never, that's just, that is a, not the problem I want to have. I want to have the problem where I'm calibrating down. It kind of sounds like, you know, s- similar, similar experience. If I'm pulling somebody from the military community, I want to make sure that I'm pulling somebody that I'm going to have to calibrate down a little bit, but I know that I'm not going to have to build you up too much. So I can put you in that room and I know that you can operate. Right. Of course. Because the whole military thing, a lot of people, uh, I think we've stressed, we love the military, EMS, all that stuff, but I never want to come off as a guy walking down the street. Oh, that dude's in the military. I just, we just kind of always wanted to blend in. A lot of guys, we tell about RJ and they see RJ and they're like, oh, he's like a surfer dude. Like, no way, no yeah. way. And it's like, exactly. That's what we want. Yeah. That's what we want. It's awesome. Yeah. Actually, this this is Art doesn't surf. He sucks at surfing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this surfing. is, uh, <laughs> yeah. this explains why Dylan's, uh, why, why Dylan's mustache is always out of regs. Like he does not want people to think, you know, that I love it. Um, so I want, I want to hear a bit about the, some, some of the nonprofit work and, and, and I have kind of a specific question. So, you know, something I think a lot of people hear, um, 
correctly so maybe and then incorrectly so in other ways is like you know you have to you have to make sure you're targeted in one direction or, or two directions you have to know you know what you're doing you can't spread yourself too thin and, and do too much but it sounds like you have all built a really good way of working where you're operating all these different verticals and all these different spaces but bringing kind of a, obviously a, a foundational work ethic and a foundational framework and approach to, to these things what's some of the nonprofit work some of the spacex work some of these other things that you're doing um and and how does it all feed each other yeah so right off the bat and i'll, I'll kind of let connor take over at the end of this here and, and i'm sure rj would love to touch on spacex um but the we try most importantly nothing makes sense in our minds as far as anything that we're doing if the true essence of brigands co isn't if we're not walking the walk as much as we can every single day with that so uh, again with um you know my brother was talking about uh you know building that community and being that beacon and it started off in our own community um that's where we focus so much on you know, the first responder aspect and the people that we work with, whether it's at our own departments or throughout the county, the state of Florida, um, you know, whatever. And, you know, just like the T-shirts, now they they mainly act as a physical representation of the brand. And we have one thing that uh, that, that we sell a lot of and, and it is one of the coolest things to see is the, the reflective fire stickers, the fire retardant stickers on the back of the fire helmets and stuff. Um, to have somebody understand what we are trying to push as a company and, and our mentality, the, the, everybody that rocks Brigands Co, we call them built to serve. They are born and built to serve others. That is the biggest, th that is the pearl of the entire company. And, um, I think somebody taking that Brigands Co Fairbairn Sykes dagger cross like we have behind us here and throwing that on their first responder fire helmet, running into a burning building and doing their job day in, day out, sweating when no one is looking. Um, that is the true essence of the company. And that's one thing that I know me and my brother and, and RJ, but us as working firemen in, in our county is there is nothing more humbling than that to, to be. I, I've worked structure fires where I turn around and I shine my light inside there's embers falling and I see Brigands Co daggers like reflecting off of different department helmets. And it is the, it's the coolest thing ever. So that's one thing that we are really trying to, uh, again, be that beacon of that integrity driven, high octane, highly motivated lifestyle. Um, and it's so contagious. I have people in our direct messages on an every other day basis from all over, you know, fire departments from the United States saying, Hey, what is a really good way to get some of, um, you know, maybe some of our older, more seasoned firemen veterans uh, more involved in the younger guys training? Or how do I motivate my crew to all get in gear every single shift like I'm doing? And, you know, half the time, a boiled down answer is walk the walk yourself and you'd be surprised how contagious that becomes. Um, so that's one thing that that is we, we preach like crazy. And I'll let my brother get into it a little bit, but touching back on um, linking up with the the Winter Park JROTC, it's the EPRS program over there, um, where it's emergency planning and response sciences is is what they're focused on, and it's, it's donating a little bit of our time and and taking some time out of our schedule to to get over to Winter Park, Florida, into the high school, and um, to really take some of their uh, class leadership and to start 
giving them a buffet of options as to what they could be doing uh, after they graduate or, you know, hey, have you thought about the military? Have you thought about being a first responder, working in the hospital setting, um, you know, going and continuing your, your certifications with the flight simulations and drone, uh, you know, drone operating, things like that. And uh, yeah, that's one thing that we've definitely been putting a lot of time and effort into down there. Yeah, the that Winter Park program, Tim Greer started um, really implementing a lot of new ideas out there. When we were approached by him, we thought ROTC, okay, we kind of remember what the kids in high school were running around doing, right? Like wearing the greens all day long, DNC. no matter, yeah, DNC, all that stuff. Um, so we're like, okay, we walked into this facility and uh, it, everything else looked like a regular high school. Then you enter this room and there's CPR dummies. There's skeletons hanging there with pool noodles, with screwdrivers and gauze wrapped around them. They're practice stopping the bleed. There's a bin of cat tourniquets. There's, you know, there's uh, 3D models of the heart and the brain. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't look like anything, <laughs> an ROTC program that I've ever seen, you know? And so we sit down and these kids, 16, 17 year old kids, uh, men and women are standing up and briefing us better than a bigger vocabulary than I have, better uh, interview skills than I have. And I'm Dylan and I are looking at each other like, are we even, should we even be sitting? Do they have the right guys right now? Cause they should, you know, it's insane, but uh, it's just very refreshing to know. Cause you get jaded sometimes going out on calls, uh, not in the best parts of your city and, and you get this mentality and we hear it all over the internet of oh, this new generation, this, this new generation, that well, we can sit in the fire truck or the firehouse and talk crap about it all day, or we can go out there and see, well, what kids, you know, what is, what is it actually like, you know, before we start talking about what we don't know about. So sitting there is very refreshing to know that these groups of kids are wanting to get out there and serve and help. They, they have all the knowledge right now, but they want the real life experience. So that's what we want to, to bring over. And we don't want to be, um, I just turned 30, so I am getting older, but we're trying to bridge that gap from uh, their age to youth, guys that are kind of in the field now that are younger and uh, maybe not, you know, in their 50s and 60s, stuff like that. So when we sit around and talk to them, you can see them, they light up so fast and they have all these questions and stuff. And at that age, there was a lot of things that I did not know about, the different jobs out there that we used RJ to find out, right? And now we have this opportunity to talk to these kids and just broaden their horizons, basically, and anything we can do, uh, whether it's help them get in the military, talk to fire stations, talk to police departments. Um, yeah, it's a really cool thing. But the, I think the entire goal, I don't want to take the words out of Tim Greer's mouth, but is if every high school in this country had this program, really, I think that's ultimately, that's a tall order, but I think one day it can be done. And I think we'll start noticing changes just in society alone. If this gets out there. <clears throat> but, uh, I love that perspective. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause I, whenever, whenever I hear people say, you know, kids these days, it's always like, okay, well, what are you doing to lead them? What are you doing to communicate with them? What are you doing to understand them? What are you doing to figure out what their circumstances are so that you can bring your skill set that you have, which is absolutely valuable. But if you're just sitting around complaining about it, then you're not actually doing anything about it, which yeah. means you should stop complaining about it. 
Exactly. And to see these, uh, it's just going to be awesome to, to hear from these kids, hopefully four or five years from now, once they get, you know, uh, their feet wet in whatever career it is, they're going to soar because they're already starting now. And it's yeah. man, 15, 16. That's the last thing I was thinking of, you know, is, uh, how to apply pressure on a, on a gunshot wound and stuff, you know? So it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's been very exciting to, to, one even even have that opportunity and be invited down to their facility to talk but now for this upcoming school year we're really focused on kind of sinking our heels a little bit and they already have so many things going on and so many opportunities for these students um now we're brigands co is kind of just coming on to say hey where are where are some holes that we can fill up in your program so you know things like physical fitness uh you know we're working on putting together almost a military style, you know, no smoking or anything like that, but just a quarterly, you know, let's put a PT test together for you, for you guys, for the students. Let's see, because, you know, there's a direct correlation to physical fitness and on the job, uh, you know, on the job, um, you know, uh, how you operate every single day. So, um, I think that's one thing that we're going to really try and focus on is, you know, look at RJ. He's been, he's been working and walking the walk for as long as he has, and he knows how to recover. He knows how to live a healthy lifestyle. If you don't use it, you lose it. You know, dynamic stretches, static stretching, all that stuff is, is, you know, there is a little bit of, uh, of, of room to grow there. So little things like that, we're going to try and, um, and, and help write some curriculum and hopefully just play a role in this. And then, you know, back to your question, RJ, I'm sure has some cool SpaceX and Force Blue. Stuff. Well, yeah, I want to hear about Force Blue and Space. I just I just do want to say I don't think a quarterly smoke session is going to kill anybody. So I think you can probably do one smoke session a quarter. I think I think they'll be all right. Hey, I agree with These you. kids want it, too, though. They're yeah. like, they're, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, funny. I, I used to hear how terrible Gen Z was until, and then I started supervising, you know, whether freelancers or, or, or folks that are on staff at the agency or, or production companies that I'm working with. And I have to, I have to tell them to stop working. Like they're doing way more than 40 hours a week. Like they're crushing the, the work, whether it's design, whether it's editing, whether, whatever it is, it's like, Hey, you know, rest is valuable, you know, work, you know, but this is an integrated balance here. This yeah. isn't just a, you know, but it's just, it's just funny, man. Just getting a little bit of perspective, like, and, and, and really, working with not just talking with and not just talking to but working with people working with others you really get an understanding of of kind of how we can all fit together within within a community and how we can how we can operate together all right rj go ahead i want to hear about um force blue and and and, and spacex yeah so force blue uh you know it's a lot of marine conservation and people are like oh my god i you know i don't even know how to scuba dive much less plant coral like what it it, it really, it's, it's pretty quick and, uh, you know, a couple of training sessions and boom, you're right there. Cause you're always paired up with a scientist, one combat diver and one scientist. Um, but I, I want to go back to something that you said, because, you know, working with nonprofits doesn't have to be, you know, on a global scale, like we just after new year's and all those fireworks we did with, you know, keep NSB clean. We worked with that nonprofit and just doing stuff in your own community and bringing your kids with you and showing them what, you know, doing the right thing looks like. I, I think that's where the real emphasis should be. As soon as somebody thinks nonprofit is like somebody should look around and go, okay, 
you know, what can I do in my immediate, what's my five meter target? Okay. What's my 10 and, and work out from you there. You on so, January 1st at 7am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially then. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah bring in the new year and, and do some good and, and start your year out. Right. You know, uh, with the right tone. So yeah, that was, that, that was pretty cool. And that's stuff I love doing, uh, as a Briggins co element, uh, you know, with our company and with our community really we we brought a lot of guys onto that and you know did a lot of good so yeah it's like i i think you know uh admiral mcraven was i think it was admiral mcraven was he's the one who gave the the make your bed speech at university of texas graduation right like yeah. that that kind of and people that that made its rounds and, and i think it got overused and then people got cynical about it but it really is true like rather than try to change the world uh, how about you look at the you know, corner of your neighborhood. I'm looking at the back alley over here at, at my neighborhood here in Richmond, Virginia. It's like, what, what can, what can my daughter and I do to, to, I've got a buddy who just moved here from New York city and his company gives him like, I think a couple hours a month or, or a couple hours every two weeks to do some sort of community service. And he recently chose to clean up his street, like literally just picked up trash on his street. Right. And then he, he told me the next day or the next week it was, it was dirty again, which just gave him another opportunity um, to, to clean up again. And so I think, you know, that the mindset of taking those opportunities, uh, you know, where and when you can is, is, is the way to approach it and scale from there, or maybe don't even ever scale, just keep it local. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's when we, you start thinking of all the ideas that Brigham's co wants to do someday, it is very easy to lay awake at night and say, how do we change the world? How do we change the world? But once we started going to either fire classes or just, uh, di- wrestling at the gym that Dylan's been going to for years and stuff. Like I think seeing these people either our age or younger, they're just looking for a tribe. They're looking for other people that are into good things that they do. And if we can help link those people together and help network, uh, like Dylan said earlier, we've been doing that since we were kids, you know, and um, just getting groups together. And that's, I think more rewarding than, even seeing a shirt, you know, you see a group of people that are from different backgrounds, like that are getting along. And then you see that, Oh, Hey, I'm going to hang out with, and I'm like, Oh really? Have y'all been hanging out and going to shows or going to work out or whatever that to me is. And to see the whole County uh, of firefighters and police officers and stuff pull together. That's, there's nothing better than that. So small feats, small feats. Yeah. I love it. All right. So I think to wrap things up here, I'd love to, I know we've been talking about the, the winter park, but what's, what's next um, for, for y'all? What's, what's the vision over the course of the next couple of years? What are you, what are you working on? What are you excited about um, outside of what we talked about here and, and, and where are you going? So, yeah, um, I would say biggest thing is <laughs> I think, so Connor, you know what he, he touched on, he was, he was gone for quite a while. Uh, the last year um, he's been back for the last five months or so. Um, so it's been a process getting him back, uh, back into the swing of things. And same thing with RJ, he was working on the extraction Two film, uh, you know, with, with some, some guys over there, uh, all, all through Brigham's co and he was gone for a handful of months and I was kind of doing a lot of the day to day and stuff like that. So one thing it's kind of, uh, we have our hands in a lot of different pots and, you know, I think at that, at this point now that extraction two is. Um, I know this, this will already be out, but June 16th, uh, the extraction two comes out on, on Netflix. And that's a really big, uh, really big, big day that we've been waiting on for a while. So, um, seeing that come onto the screen is going to be awesome. 
Uh, we touched on talking about Winter Park. We're really trying to sink our heels in there. And again, is getting down to those, uh, the roots of, of business, which we all three know nothing about. Make, make no mistake. Um, it has been a learning curve every day, every week, every month. Um, so big thing is um, as much as we talk about being a t-shirt company or not being a t-shirt company, people do buy the heck out of t-shirts and they have been, and we love you guys for it. The, the support has been unreal. So um, a big thing there is a lot of self-learning, first of all, with us and streamlining, hey, by the time I have a new idea or people are blowing up our DMs about, you know, jujitsu rash guards, I need to make these into a product and get the people what they want um, faster and more efficiently. Big thing that we're working on, we're coming out with some new products as well. Um, you know, some sun shirt, like UV shirts for, uh, for working in the water and stuff like that, that RJ is drooling over and ready to get his hands on as well. Um, so one, a little, being a little bit more professional and a little bit more forthcoming with, uh, with new products and stuff like that, considering we have been growing on social media and being supported so much. Um, that's going to be huge. And another thing is, is looking to streamline, uh, film projects as much as we can and really keeping our ears to the ground. And, um, <clears throat> I really do like the idea of, being able to bring these people on film and, and with SpaceX or Force Blue or whatever it is, and, and really being that networking company to, you know, if we can get somebody that's, you know, just getting out of the military or looking for a new venture, um, and we can get them in the right place in front of the right people. And, you know, they're meeting people on set and they're kind of, they're, they're getting into the space themselves by rubbing elbows and, you know, that's, that's what we want is we want guys to take off and to be able to take that small seed and run with it. And, you know, it gives us room to bring more people on and, and things like that. So, um, that's one thing that we're, we're always trying to improve and, and create more work for ourselves in that aspect. And then I would say the, the biggest thing on my plate right now is, um, still in the very early stages. So I don't want to be too forthcoming with it, but um, we're working on some on some actual firefighter safety gear um, that's not only just t-shirts and apparel, but some things that we some products that we truly believe in as career firemen and things that can be extremely beneficial to keep in your right bunker pocket um, for when that bad day happens and and uh, you need to you need to perform adequately. So um, working on really getting into the to the rated gear space is something we've been, uh, we've been cooking up for quite a while and, and we're finally starting to get that ball rolling. So that's massive for, for Connor and I as well. All right. Br Brigands Co's got a little, uh, little skunk works program going on for the, yeah, uh, a little, you know, this the little that, yeah. I love it. I love yeah, 100%. it. I'm pretty excited um, for the year he's coming out with. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, RJ, do you want to touch a little bit on plug extraction two and your experience there? Obviously this, the film will have been out for about six weeks when this when this drops. Uh, I'm trying, Chili and I have been emailing, I've been trying to get him on here too, so we, he and I will talk a little bit more about it, but what was your experience like on, on that film and 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 what um, what can we expect? Yeah, um, it, it's pretty, it's a very dynamic film, uh, as only Sam Hargrave can bring to the screen. Uh, very stun heavy, uh, but a cool story too. And a lot of, like, real cool characters mixing together and, and getting the mission done. Um, this is one of those movies where the skill set to come onto that movie 
for the rescue team was very specific and uh, personalities were important. I grabbed two very experienced team leaders and then uh, two very experienced PJs and we just had a blast. And uh, Patrick Newell is the one, he was the executive producer on it and he's amazing. I wish I had, you know, leaders like him in the military, actually, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, Patrick Newell, that dude. He was just, yeah, he was awesome. Uh, still is a good friend. In fact, he was, you know, while we're filming this, he was last night, he was at, he was in New York for the premiere and, uh, he said it went great. And, uh, you know, I said, man, tell everyone I said, hi, but it was just a real honor to work on that movie and make sure everyone stays safe. And it was cool to go through all the planning sequences, like from landing a helicopter full of people onto a train full of people. Uh, at altitude, um, you know, a lot of things can go wrong there. So to do all the backwards planning to make sure everybody was ready for anything and everything. Um, we had multiple courses of action, uh, what we thought was probably going to happen. And then just what is the most unthinkable thing that could possibly happen and just to be ready for all of it uh, was pretty incredible. And it was just stunt sequence after stunt sequence. It was, uh, it was a really cool experience. And very grateful I could bring, you know, four other guys on that movie and, uh, and to work with Chile, you know, he's a military advisor. He and I were actually on the helicopter stunt team. So I was the first guy in the bench seat, just making sure that bench got cleared and everybody was safe coming off that. And he was the last guy off to make sure everyone got out safely and nobody got past me. Um, so there was a lot of different ways we were used just because our backgrounds are so varied, like, if you have a military guy, you know, you're not just going to use them for one thing. You can use them for like five to 10 different things. And, and that's what this production did. Like we had guys that were PJs that were acting as armors for a couple of weeks, or there was helping props and making sure that everyone looked right. Um, safety was a huge thing. And we all, you know, everyone's a safety man, right? Um, in the military, that's kind of a, a thing, but on production, you know, you have to brief that every morning. So um, like I said, it was, it was pretty cool. And, to, and to have Briggins Co as a foundation to just bring that work ethic and, uh, that mentality to just, you know, by any means necessary, it was, is really cool. Legit. My, uh, my wife is traveling right after father's day. So I will be watching that film, uh, on Monday as we, nice. as we record this, I'm, I'm super yeah. stoked for that one. Um, well, Fellas, uh, before I ask the kind of final open-ended question to, to end the podcast, uh, where can folks find you? Where do you want to drive, drive traffic? Uh, yeah, so um, first and foremost, uh, we are on Instagram at, uh, at brigands underscore co. Um, there you can follow our link tree. We've got some other podcasts. Once this one drops, we'll, we'll throw this link up there as well. Um, had some chats with mentors from military. We've got our website on there, um, RJ's IMDB page, things like that, that you can kind of get to know us a little bit more, uh, some past article clippings and stuff like that. So um, always fueled by the Instagram, social media is king. So um, we're, we're, we're pretty active on there. Feel free to shoot us a DM um, for you know any and all questions, any inquiries, anything like that. I'm usually pretty quick with getting back. Um, and then, uh, yeah, if anybody cares about personal stuff, I'm at Pecos Dill on, uh, on Instagram. And RJ, what are you at? RJ Casey one. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And, Connor, and Connor's, Connor's the smartest one. He doesn't have an Instagram. Uh, yes. 
I was about to say, Connor's the whole when he's going to break. So. Yeah. He's, just, he's just like Homer Simpson falling back into the bushes on the Brigands Co. My snail mail is. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, my yeah, fact number, let me give you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That's it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, we, we'll link Curry, everything I, out. We'll, oh, yeah, Curie, I was going to say, I really appreciate you. We all really appreciate you having us on your show. And, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to sit down with us. And we, you know, can't thank you enough. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. I uh, appreciate, appreciate you taking the time. When I, when I first started the podcast, I was, I was hoping to get to conversations like this and um, I really appreciate the first dozen or so people that, that came on the podcast that let me get through, work through some of the kinks of having these conversations to, to get to, to these types uh, of, of talks. So um, thank you all very much. We'll, we'll link everything out and I'll, I'll tag you in the, in the, um, in the reels that we post on, on IG. And um, yeah, so just to end the podcast, I've been asking, kind of open-ended question for, for each of you, what's on your heart and what's on your mind for our community right now, whether it's a piece of advice or whether just something you want to get off your chest. I'll go first actually for that heart, uh, that heart piece. So uh, I know this is very veteran, very veteran based right now. I think we, at the beginning, we kind of paid ourselves into this veteran box because that's all we know, you know, until we got into the fire uh, scene, EMS, stuff like that on the street. Um, I think just for the veterans out there that aren't, either a medic, firefighter, police, anything like that on the streets, just um, take it easy on those firefighters and those police officers out there. You know, right now it's day in, day out. You know, we have these deployments and we have these really high um, moments of adrenaline and things that happen. And, but now like what I'm starting to see is these uh, firefighters and police officers, it's day in, day out. They're seeing this stuff over and over. And you got moms out there, sisters, brothers, fathers, mothers, you know, so it's, they're being affected every day. Every day you go into work, it could be the heaviest thing they've seen. And then that next shift, it could, it could trump that and trump that. So uh, just, yeah, take care of them, you know, uh, ask, ask every now and then if there's anything they need, you know, just, um, just because they're not a veteran doesn't mean that they're not getting after it too, you know, so that, that's one finger of this company we're trying to get out there is hey just because you didn't serve the military doesn't mean you're not serving the nation you know what i mean so that's just from the heart right there but uh yeah if anyone else wants to yeah i i think i think i really couldn't agree with that more i think um you know there is a lot of really good trends lately with uh shining light on mental health and and i i do feel a little bit of a shift in, in you know people preaching just be kind, you know, it's such a simple thing. And it's such a man, it's such, but it's such a big ask, you know, in this, in this day and age, it's so quick to snap on your neighbor and to yell at that guy on the highway. And, you know, and by no means are we perfect. Trust us. I mean, we, we, you have those knee jerk reactions just like anything else. And sometimes it is boiled down to human nature. But, um, I think the biggest thing is, is do what you love and do it honestly. And, and help out others around you because I think that's, you know, there, there's not a lot of uh, hope that a lot of the nation has, you know, in higher power right now, but we can all control ourselves and our neighbors and our community. And that's where, you know, we have realized as Brigands Co that it is, it, it was taught to me through the company and brought into my personal life is just how contagious 
positivity and walking the walk truly is. And it, I think it really did take seeing that through um, a catalyst like Brigands Co. to make me realize it myself for my own personal life. So um, yeah, that's what I'd say more than anything is walk the walk and, and pick others up around you. That's, that, that's what'll, that's what'll keep us, keep us moving. Yeah. yeah I think there's a lot of sav- satisfaction to service before self and everyone's like, well, I need to take care of myself and my family too. It's like, yeah, but you know, the more directionally you head to service before self and just like I said, helping your community, it's, it's a big thing. Uh, and the other question I try and ask myself that I, I think a lot of people are doing these days and it, it, it makes us all better is, am I better than yesterday? Am I improving? And are we going to take a day off every once in a while? Of course. Yes, absolutely. But in general, am I making forward progress? Am I improving as I go? So that's kind of my final thought. Well said, all three of you. Appreciate the time. Uh, I'm excited to to uh, to buy a shirt, buy a hat, and 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 uh, hold myself to the standard right uh, required of it. So um, let me know how I can help. Let me know how I can be involved. Let, let me know how the audience can help and be involved. And um, I'm sure this won't be the last time that that uh, definitely not gonna be the last time we all talk. But I hope it's not the last time we record an episode. Right on, well, yeah, Carrie. Thank you Karen. again, brother. Thank we again. appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. Talk to you soon, man. All right. We'll see you. Cheers. 